Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Well, all right, turn with me to the book of Second Chronicles over there in your Old Testament, early part of your Old Testament, if you will, Second Chronicles. I want to let you know that we all, every one of us, every one of us today have an assignment from the Lord. You know that right from the beginning of this church fellowship, there's only four things that happen here. There are no programs. There is the ministry of the Word, prayer worship, and the fellowship of the saints. Now, there's nothing wrong with there being people who need things that are not quite this simple. There's a lot right with it. It's just this is our assignment. And I thank the Lord that He has called you to walk with us in this assignment. There is something that you may not always be comfortable with here, but it's not going to change. And that is the opportunity for hands-on prayer. This is a house of prayer. When you come to church here, you can receive prayer and give prayer. If you can't get prayer or give prayer in a gathering of a body, what's up with that? But I want to give you what I believe is the scriptural mandate for all of us and the heart of God's assignment for Since we are covenant heirs, you are heirs of a covenant that God established with Abraham and fulfilled in Jesus and brought you into through faith in Christ Jesus. You're an heir of a covenant, a covenant heir. And I want you to understand that deep in the heart of that covenant is a holy assignment for us collectively and for you individually to pray. You see prayer mentioned not very often for hundreds of years. You see it in the life of Abraham. He prayed for Abimelech and and others and, and, and short examples. You see the prayers, the heart cries of King David But I want you to see something today as to why prayer is at the heart of what we do. In 2 Chronicles chapter 7, the background is many years before that, King David had an incredible palace. It was a mansion. And he said, God, this is 
my vernacular interpretation of David's prayer. It is not right for me to live in a house like this and you to live out there in a little temporary tent-like tabernacle. It's not right. So I am going to build you a luxurious house. And God said, no, you're not. But your son will. And so sure enough, Solomon at the right time, built under the direction of God Almighty, he built a magnificent temple, a house of God. It was extraordinary. I don't have time to go into all the background of everything in that temple. You need to look it up sometime. But what we do find out is that Solomon, on the occasion of dedicating that temple, launched into an incredible, long-winded, passionate prayer recorded in Holy Scripture. In that prayer, he gives praise and honor to God for his faithfulness. In that prayer, he asks and cries out for forgiveness. In that prayer, he talks about when they, when they failed in the future, that this would be a place they would run back to and honor the presence of God in, in repentance. And then in chapter 7, you see that in, chapter, in verse 1, that when Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offerings and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Sometimes when there is prayer that moves the heart of God, sometimes there is an outward manifestation of his glory, a, a, an embracing of his presence, even an emotion with ovations of praise. When Solomon finished praying, there was a manifestation of God's Glory, so much so that the priest could not even go into the house of God because of the glory of the Lord. How many of you know that many weeks ago, after we had received communion, the Holy Spirit's presence, you remember that? When he fell in this place. What do you mean by that? That's a scriptural term. The Holy Spirit indwells every believer. But sometimes the Holy Spirit chooses to manifest his presence in such a way so that not only internally, but literally in the atmosphere of a corporate gathering of believers, there is the tangible expression of the Holy Spirit's presence. You see that all through the New Testament. What happened? Your pastor went over there and sat down. Somebody else had taken over. King and all the priests, verse 4, offered sacrifices before the Lord, and King Solomon offered a Listen to Look at verse 5. King Solomon offered a sacrifice of 22,000 bulls, 120,000 sheep, so that the king and all the people dedicated the house of God. 22,000 bulls and 120,000. 
thousand sheep. Well, all those animals were made by the creative mind and edict of God, and they belonged to him, and they were now offered back. Can I tell you something? You're about to understand that the house of God flows with blood. Now get that principle. Blood and the house of God are inseparable. Our culture has become so enamored with that which is phony and fake, we don't understand the importance of blood to our Father. A holy God, we don't understand the holiness of a totally righteous, holy God, and we don't understand the darkness and vile oppression of sin. It requires blood for that sin and that sinner like me to be able to have personal relationship and fellowship with a holy God. There is the requirement of without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Why have we stopped preaching the blood of Jesus? The temple, on the dedication of the temple, blood was flowing in the streets. Flowing around that temple. And I want to tell you, if when you go into the temple of God, you better come on the basis of holy shed blood. Well, as we move along here, we see in verse 11, so Solomon finished the house of the Lord and the king's house and Solomon successfully accomplished all that came into his heart, verse 11, to make in the house of the Lord and in his own house. Then the Lord appeared to Solomon by night, verse 12, and he said to him, listen to this, this is foundational to what we are trying to grasp. God said to Solomon, I have heard your prayer and I have chosen this place, this house, for myself as a house of sacrifice. In this house, there will be the presence of shed blood. Understand that. The blood has to be honored in this house. When I shut up heaven, and there's no rain, or I command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among my people, if my people. Are you listening to that? Listen, listen to me now, church. When things begin to go haywire, and the context of this is when when, when people begin to sin and forget me and shut me out of their lives, out of their government, out of their existence, If my people, not the elected officials, if my people, not the world, not Hollywood, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, 
I will forgive their sin, and I will hear that I will heal that which concerns them, their land. Can we all stop blaming our leaders for the evil in our nation? And can we take it on ourselves to humble ourselves, to pray and seek his face? The turnaround of this country does not begin in the ballot box. It begins in the house of God. Now it'll extend out from the house of God. For God to heal this land, it begins with his church, his house. For us to humble ourselves and pray and seek his face. Now you don't need to misunderstand me. You need to understand that our nation needs righteousness to be restored. Our nation needs to stop oppressing people. Our nation needs to to enable people to prosper. Our nation needs to stop stealing from people who who are productive and distributing it like socialism. Don't you get me wrong. But we begin in the house of God. In the house of God. Are you with me? Now, verse 15, he says, my eyes will be open and my ears will be attentive. I will look and I will listen to prayer made in this place, in this house. Now, understand now, go back, understand that this is a house of sacrifice. Verse 12, where there's blood, blood has to be honored in this house. And this is a place of prayer. I will, my eyes and my heart are open to prayer made in this house, he says. God's got his eyes and his ears open to prayer made in the house of God. For now, I have chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever and my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. How long's forever? How long's perpetually? All right, so let me ask you a question. Are you getting it? God's saying, in the house of prayer, where there's sacrifice, where there's prayer, I am listening. My heart is there forever. Not going to change my mind. Everybody get that? Did you get it? All right, now turn to the New Testament to Mark 11. I'll show you something. God established that in the house of God, that prayer would be what would get his attention. Not performance, not all kinds of special things on the walls and in the ceilings. It is prayer that moves the heart of God. All right, let's go to Mark 11. 
And by the way, in Isaiah chapter 56 and verse 7, the prophet Isaiah calls that temple the house of prayer. I want you to see in verse 15 that Jesus and his disciples came to Jerusalem. Where were they heading? They went into what? And what did God call the temple? The house of what? Prayer. So they went into the temple. Now notice what happened. Jesus saw people trying to do business. He saw people trying. They had made the temple a place all about money and their own gain. When he went into there, he started throwing over the tables of money changers and seats of those who were selling doves. How many of you know that he wasn't worried about being politically correct? This had grieved the heart of his father. Notice verse 16, he would not allow anyone to carry wares through the temple. And this is, he taught them saying to them, is it not written, my house shall be called a what? A house of prayer for all nations. You have turned it in to a den of thieves. Can I ask y'all a question? Looking at scripture, how do you think Jesus, who's the same yesterday, today, and forever, how do you think he would feel about his house being violated as a house of prayer by all kinds of stuff that is outside the realm of the heart and the eyes and the attention of God Almighty? How do you think he would feel about that today? Do you know that churches are closing today every single day across our nation? I don't know all the reasons why, and I would never, I would never try to guess all the reasons why, but I'll tell you one thing. The, the presence and power of the Holy Spirit will leave a place if prayer is not honored in the way God formed it to be because it is where his heart and his eyes and his ears are. Prayer. So you see that the house of God was violated. Now I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I want you to see as we rightly divide the word of truth, I want you to see that in the New Testament age now that Jesus Christ has died in been buried and raised and ascended to be with the Father and sent the Holy Spirit to indwell every believer. I want you to see something here. Verse 17, but he who is joined to the Lord, chapter 6, 1 Corinthians, he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is the what? Temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own. You've been bought with a price. Glorify God. You belong 
to him. So now, let me ask you a question. In this New Testament age, where is the temple of God? You, right now, living in you is the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. Come to live in you right now as a believer. Are you the temple of the Holy Spirit, yes or no? So where is the house of prayer? You say, no, that house of prayer was Old Testament. God said, my eyes and my ears will be in this house perpetually, forever. You are right now the house of prayer. How's the house doing? Keep turning to the right to 1 Timothy chapter 3. You say, Pastor, the, uh, I just always thought that the building was, I always taught that the building was the house of God. Well, the building is the house of God, but the building is your body. It's not walls and concrete. And First Timothy chapter 3, verse 14, these things Paul writing to his son Timothy, I write to you though I hope to come to you shortly, but if I'm delayed, I write to you so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the, of the truth. So let me ask you, this, what is the church? Is it a building where you come and gather or is the church scattered during the week and gathered like today? Everybody say it with me, I'm the church. You are the temple of God, so where is the house of prayer? Keep on going back to the right there. I want you to go to Hebrews chapter 7 with me. I'm, I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Do you know that in the Old Testament, the, the people's hard, hardness of heart caused God to work another way so that there were, quote, professional priests, and God worked through them. But how many of you know, according to Revelation 5.10, that in these New Testament days, you are a generation of kings and priests? But I want you to notice something about the high priest. There is only one high priest. Look with me, if you will, to chapter 10 and verse 19. Talking about our high priest, and who is that? Therefore, brethren, 
having boldness to enter the holiest, that is the very presence of God, by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is, through the destruction of his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Now, wait a minute now. Who is the high priest? And where is our high priest living in regard to this, this text right here? He is over the house of God. So we know from Romans chapter 8 that he is interceding for us at the right hand of the Father. But do you know that right now on the inside of you, there is a high priest who is over the house of prayer, and where is that? So somebody is living in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Your high priest is living in you, and he is the priest, the high priest over the house of prayer. So are you praying in line with what you know by the Spirit and through the Word? Are you praying in line with what the high priest once prayed? He is the high priest. You need to picture that Jesus himself, by the Holy Spirit, is in that house of prayer which is you. And he is looking over those prayers, and they don't have to go through a mediary, they go straight to him. How do you know that? Well, turn back a page there and look at chapter 7. Look at chapter 7. Talking about Jesus, our high priest, who is forever our high priest. He's not going to die and have to be succeeded. Verse 24, but he, when he continues, he continues forever, has an unchangeable priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives. Forever and always, he is living to do one thing, to make intercession for them. Did you know that the only thing Jesus is doing right now at the right hand of the Father is interceding for you in prayer to the Father? He knows every detail of your life. He knows every issue you're going through. He knows all the heartache and pain. He knows the joy. He knows the challenges. He knows everything that's going on. And right now, your high priest who is over the house of prayer, which is in you, he is interceding on your behalf. Right now, that is all he's doing. He has done all he is going to do on this earth. He has sat down at the right hand of the Father, and he is spending all day, every day, praying for you. Jesus is just spending all his time praying for you. Get revelation of that. Ask the Holy Spirit. God, help me to get that. Well, I don't have anybody praying for me, Pastor. You got the high priest. 
praying for you day and night. Problem is, we just don't recognize it and enter into it. All I want you to do is remember one thing. The very first scripture I read to you, I want you to remember this. I have chosen and sanctified, declared as mine, this house, and that is now your body in these New Testament days, that my name may be right on the inside of you forever. My eyes and my heart will be in the house of prayer perpetually. You say, I don't think God's even hearing me. His eyes and his heart are in that house of prayer perpetually. He ever lives to make intercession for the saints. So if you're uncomfortable with hands-on prayer, you're not going to like it here. Why? Because prayer is the heart of God. It's the heart of God. It's not some show. It's the heart of God. You bow your heads with me, please. I wonder how many of you would say today, Lord, give me revelation of how you see my inner man. That you have placed in me, you've built a house in me, and I, I, I didn't even know it. It's a house of prayer. You don't have to come up with fancy words. You don't have to be <laughs> experienced. You just have to begin to say in faith, Lord, speak to him in your spirit, man, out of your heart. And when you have opportunity with your voice, his eyes and his heart are perpetually in the house of prayer, which is you. I want to tell you great things are awaiting you there. Comfort like you've never known it. Peace that passes all understanding. Joy unspeakable. Blessings and mercy and grace indescribable. Power un known before in the house of prayer there is everything that the high priest the Lord Jesus Christ himself can supply to you as a believer I'm gonna have you say today I'm on a journey I want to I want to enter into the house of prayer I want to become that house of prayer so that there that I have revelation with the, if the eyes and the heart of God are always open to what's going on inside of my, uh, me, I want to know more. Miracles are born in the house of prayer. Businesses are turned around in the house of prayer. Can I tell you something? Nations are changed in the house of prayer. 
Just say to the Lord, I want to be. I want to know what you want me to know, and I want to be where you want me to be. Father, bless these individually and corporately, your house. Encourage them, strengthen them, give them revelation of the house of prayer. May we really become individually and corporately the house of prayer that you designed us to be. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.